0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host.
1: Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we could not be sharing these important stories. Today on the Atlanta Business Radio, we have Charles Freund with Fleetcore. Welcome, Charles. Hi, Lee. Uh, before we get too far into things, uh, tell us about Fleetcore. How are you serving folks?
0: Well, Lee, Fleetcore is a business payments company. We help businesses make payments. So think about all the different bills that they pay and expenses they pay. We provide a host of different solutions to enable them to pay those more effectively and efficiently.
1: So um, what was the genesis of the idea? How did this come about?
0: You know, Fleet Corps started about 20 some odd years ago. We acquired a platform company called Fuel Man and Fuelman Man was in what we call the fuel card business. And what this is, it's a specialized purchasing card that allows drivers of fleet company vehicles to buy fuel and only fuel. And that way you can eliminate the expense reimbursement process so employees aren't coming out of pocket. Uh, And it also allows you to control uh, the limits uh, in terms of how much they buy, how many times per day people can buy, etc. So it's a nice tool to give to fleet managers So they can control driver purchases and not have to worry about reimbursement processes and collecting receipts on the back end.
1: So that's how it started, I guess. That's where the fleet and fleet core comes from. Has it stayed that way over the years, or has it expanded beyond fleets?
0: Uh, We've expanded tremendously. So in 2009, we bought a company that did a very similar thing in the lodging space to control overnight uh, purchases at hotels. And then we evolved from there internationally, Uh, similarly fuel cards and other types of expense management tools. And more recently, we've really grown quite quickly in what we call corporate payments. And this is more around managing the AP process for more centralized purchasing. Think of uh, all the supplies a company might buy, paying utilities, really any kind of bill you pay whether it's domestic or to an international supplier, we can help automate that, that approval process and then the actual payment to the vendor.
1: And then uh, in your role with the company, uh, what are you doing for Fleetcore right now? As of
0: September last year, I took over the role of chief financial officer. And it's probably the eighth or ninth role I've had at the company, uh, having been here for 20 years now.
1: So now you've seen the company evolve uh, over the years. How has um, that impacted, obviously, your career? Now you're up to the CFO. You're running out of uh, C-blank-Os to be in the company. Uh, So how has it evolved for you personally? How did you go down this path?
0: Yeah, I do joke that there's only one role left for me to have, um, (laughs) to your point. But I started actually my career in consulting, where I met our current CEO, Ron Clark, when I worked on a few projects for him prior to his joining Fleet Corps. When he joined, he brought me on board as a corporate development analyst. And I worked on a number of uh, deals, capital raising efforts, et cetera. So once we got the company to break even, took about a year, We were able to raise private equity money. We went on an acquisition spree and uh, continued for uh, several years. And when we decided to go international in 2006, I then moved abroad and ran one of our businesses in the UK uh, for several years. came back and helped us with our IPO. So we're a publicly traded company. We had our IPO in 2010. And after that, then I helped our, our company expand into Brazil, Mexico, Australia, and New Zealand, and ran those operations for a few years. And then about five years ago, I came back into the, the corporate suite and worked in strategy with our CEO um, on a host of different initiatives and such. And so I've, I've um, had a lot of different roles and had a lot of different perspectives and projects. And given our relationship, now that's that's 20 years in the making, he decided he would entrust me with the CFO role now.
1: So now, as um, I don't know if you're one of the founding fathers, but you're probably one of the early folks in the Atlanta fintech scene. How have you seen the Atlanta fintech community kind of grow over the years?
0: Uh, It's been Incredible. And when I came to Atlanta 20 years ago, we had about 4 million people in the metro area. And now it's I think it's about 6 million. So one, it's just a very vibrant, growing city in and of itself. Then when you look at the fintech environment here companies that, that have started here, moved here, um, companies that are here that continue to acquire other companies and grow grow very quickly. It's just been tremendous. And there's a lot of activity in the fintech community through associations and partnerships where we can create all types of synergies in terms of attracting talent, retaining talent, promoting talent in our ranks, um, and even partnerships between companies where we where some of the times we compete, but other times we can cooperate and, and partner to, to bring new and innovative products to market.
1: So now, why do you think Atlanta has been able to kind of create this uh, fintech hub?
0: You know, it started back in the day. I think, you know, the the the, the Fed or, or someone was basically, you know, started electronic payments here. There's an incredible infrastructure. And I'd say that when you have that kind of concentration early on of, of companies pushing, you know, electronic payments and such, it tends to spin, spin off talent, right. Whether it's attracting people from other places, but at times people then veer off and start up their own things. Uh, the, the local community in terms of, um, like the local universities have, have, you know, grabbed onto this and created various FinTech cat, whether it's FinTech Academy or certain tracks to, uh, to specialize in fintech, and so that creates internship programs locally with local companies, and so you get this breeder reactor effect of having big companies here partnering, spinning off talent or attracting talent, either you know bringing them in from the outside or through the university system, and so that in and of itself has just been tremendous in terms of you know adding capability to to the Atlanta market for fintech.
1: Now you've traveled around the world uh, in your role. How is the Atlanta brand? Uh, when you talk about Atlanta, when they and you tell them you're with a fintech company, and you say you're from Atlanta, is that something they're like, "Oh, I, I didn't know that"? Or is it kind of known now that Atlanta is kind of a hub for fintech? Or do they assume that all the action in America is happening in, you know, the Northeast or in the West Coast?
0: No, I, I think it's I think it's still developing. So obviously, when you say tech, people obviously, obviously go to the West Coast and think Silicon Valley, but FinTech is quite, quite different. And I'd say that when you start to mention some of the companies, and then people realize, oh, I didn't realize that that company, oh, and this one, and that, and then the list goes on and on, as you know. And so I, I think through the examples, people start to recognize, you know, how much talent and, and capability really sits here in Atlanta uh, through those examples.
1: I remember we uh, broadcast from FinTech South a few years ago, and um, it was an international event, and I was talking to a lot of folks, and when they were telling people they were going to this FinTech event in America, and then they said Atlanta, that was kind of a little bit of a disconnect. They had to do some explaining to their team.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Some people aren't even sure where Atlanta is, and sometimes I have to explain that. But, but, but nonetheless, you know, to the extent that you follow uh, fintech companies, you're in payments in any, in any respect, you mentioned some of the big name hitters and, and people's eyes go wide and then they start to realize what a powerhouse this city is.
1: So now when it comes to your work at Fleet Corps, is that really a kind of home field advantage when it comes to recruiting talent?
0: I would say it is, um, obviously the, the, uh, the competition for talent is is quite fierce, but nonetheless, uh, we do trade folks between us and as a group, we're always bringing folks in from outside of Atlanta, uh, for those that, you know, have moved from the Northeast, like I did, you know, you, you get tired of the snow and, and the, uh, and the traffic and such. And I'm not saying Atlanta traffic is great, but but it is different than New York and other places. Um, and what I'd say is I, I would never move back north. And so whether it's uh, bringing people in from from the north or other areas, it's uh, it's an easy place to recruit between the the uh, cost of living, the airport which is phenomenal, you travel anywhere, the opportunities, um, and and the weather for a golfer like me, it's hard to beat.
1: So now, are you actively looking for talent like that's forever right you You can never have enough talent on the team right
0: That's for sure that's for sure Lee We're always in the market you know we're we're growing we have a a lot of ambitions. we continue to acquire companies it creates all types of new opportunities for people both in our company and outside so we are we are constantly recruiting professionals in in all different areas and departments
1: and what kind of specialties are you looking for?
0: You know, as a fintech company, IT is paramount. Right? It's 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 kind of the backbone of all of our products. So that is a huge focus for us. We're also very focused on top line growth. So sales and marketing professionals are, are are also always always in need here here in our company. And then I'd say you know lastly is kind of product. And so working with our IT people, deciding what to build, what features customers really want, what do salespeople say the market demands you know, connecting the market to it through product is is really paramount. Uh
1: you mentioned kind of the community as a whole and some of the business associations are uh kind of related to that. I know that uh you work with ATDC. Can you talk about how important that is to really support local community and and be a presence in uh local organizations like the ATDC?
0: Absolutely. So so personally, I work with FinTech Atlanta. Our head of human resources works with the Technology Association of Georgia. You know, we're involved in these associations, one, because we want to support the community. Also, we want to foster collaboration between ourselves, other organizations, and the community um, in terms of uh, talent and supporting folks in that in that regard. It's also helpful in terms of keeping our you know fingers on the pulse of what's happening. Um, sometimes we get in our own silos and, and through the associations, whether it's understanding what some of our um, fellow fintech companies are doing, but also uh, government initiatives, uh, initiatives in the, in the um, education systems, etc. All these things help to create the ecosystem that we all benefit from. And so it's absolutely worthwhile investing time and effort uh, to, to play a role in these organizations and support their initiatives, um, because I think it comes back to you tenfold.
1: Now what do you um you know we're going through this pandemic now hopefully we're at the tail end of it um how much stress has this put on kind of fintech companies in terms of more people are from home working from home and there's opportunities for some shenanigans maybe because there's maybe some weakening of the security systems when a lot of folks had to start working remotely
0: Yeah, it's a a great point, Lee, and it's something we were super focused on early in the pandemic. So we've got about 8,000 employees globally and mobilizing them to to all work from home in the span of a couple of weeks Uh, was a tremendous effort uh, by by our IT infrastructure group. Um, But to your point, security, whether the tools we use to collaborate, um, remote logins, um, and, and that goes not only for employees, but also third-party contractors that you'll hire to, to help with development or support infrastructure and such. And so all of that had to be considered and configured. And, and I'd say, you know, knock on wood, we have had no issues. Um, our IT, IT performance as well as our security has held up tremendously throughout the pandemic. Um, obviously, fintechs, and depending on your business model, there are other considerations, whether it be credit or, or fraud, which not, may not be technical, but uh, in, in a physical in nature even. And those are things that we all have to manage through. And again, you know, uh, I'm very, very thankful and grateful to our, our IT and operations folks that we've been able to, to um, be okay throughout the pandemic, despite the, the change in our, in our operating model.
1: Now, what trends do you see moving forward? Um, it seems like the consumer is wanting access to funds and, and monies and transactions faster and faster. And then um, it's just their expectations of service seem so high, and then the risk seems so high as well. So, how do you kind of balance those two things?
0: Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, what we're seeing is obviously an ever-continuous move to digital. Right. So whether you're selling people, servicing people, the product itself is completely digital. We're seeing continued shifts there when you you use electronic mediums like that. You know, the use of artificial intelligence um, data is paramount. Right. So it's one thing to have chatbots, but are, are they smart? <laughs> Am I programming them in the right way? Because they will only say what I tell them to say. And so backing that up with lots of robust data and analytics, um, Continued automation, particularly when people are working from home, uh, is a big issue and and something that our products do help support. And so we can see continued demand for those products as well as as use. So I'd say, you know, between digital automation, data, um, you know, all those things combined. And and it's not, you know, it's not, I don't want to say it's not rocket science. I'd say, you know, those are pretty consistent among fintech companies, but the, the speed of innovation is just tremendous. And so you, you got to keep your foot on the accelerator and be thinking now and investing now for the product of the future.
1: And are you finding startups kind of uh, living up to that and leaning into that where there is opportunity with a lot of fintech startups that are pushing the edges?
0: Absolutely. Even our most recent acquisition, a company called Roger, a small, basically startup called fifty, 50 people, um, based in Denmark. Uh, we just closed that transaction, and it, I'm telling you, the technology is is fantastic, and it helps in that it's only a three year old company, right? So it doesn't have legacy software and mainframes and all the other old technology. It's built, you know, in the cloud. It's built for purpose, and so it's incredibly dynamic and a, and a wonderful platform that we're looking now to cross sell all over the the globe. And so uh, that's one example for us. And then here in Atlanta, we have a number of incubation um, type organizations and such, um, even FinTech Atlanta, where I'm a mentor for for one of the local companies, where, where we can help coach them, how to engage big companies, how do you contract with them? What do you need? So it's not just about Gobbling up and you know being an acquisition machine, which which Corps has done in the past, but it's also helping to mentor local companies and helping them be successful, and then maybe acquiring them in another day. Um, but but absolutely, we're seeing incredible innovation. There are hundreds of startups in and around the Atlanta community uh, across all elements of fintech, um, and it's, it's incredibly exciting not only to the ideas um, but also you know the talent that we're seeing here.
1: And do you think that that's a lesson for other enterprise-level companies that are out there to really lean into the startup scene and the incubator uh, scene and accelerator scene where you can really make a difference and level up some of these budding stars and give them a shot to see if their product is a true solution? And then if they are, you're kind of giving them a lifeline to grow, and maybe they do become an acquisition target at some point.
0: (laughs) I think it's really, really important. And and not all of them work out. Not every company survives and not every partnership works out. And sometimes they're just not good fits. But um, from someone in, in, in my, with my experience in, in terms of strategy, having that, those feelers out and having some knowledge of where the market is going um, is, is so critically important. And yes, we, we want to help the community and, and these companies succeed. Um, and, and so that's, a part of it. But the other part is, you know, selfishly speaking, is making sure that the market doesn't run past you. And so often we get caught up in our own, in our own silos and our own companies. You know, we lose that, that external touch and, and they can run right past you, um, which is a good thing for them, but may not be for you.
1: And that's one of those things where if you are siloed and you have maybe your own R&D and you're all kind of in your own bubble, you might be missing great opportunities that could be in the building next to you.
0: That's exactly right. And, and and why recreate the wheel when someone else might have perfected it already?
1: So now um, what, so you're doing more in that regard of doing this mentorship and working with the incubators around Atlanta and the country and the world, I guess.
0: Yeah, I would say that we've made some small investments in some some uh, small companies. So, you know, kind of seed investments where we thought it made sense um, were uh, then locally. Locally, some of our executives are mentoring some of these startups, um, and again, some of them could be partners for Fleet Corps. and in some cases, we're just just trying to be good corporate citizens. And so, uh, so, but yes, in terms of reaching out uh, um, for our own purposes, but also to be helpful for them, we, we're getting more and more engaged.
1: Now, aren't there more and more uh, accelerators and incubators and um, and things like that all over the world focusing on fintech now?
0: Uh, There are. There are. Uh, Brazil would be a a great example where we have uh, an incredible product, an incredible footprint and brand there. And uh, again, looking at at, at companies there that are on the forefront of of payment innovation. um, Interestingly enough, Brazil is a place where where paper checks really aren't used anymore. Unlike the U.S. where still half of business payments are made by check, you know, they basically eliminated check and went went all digital. So they're, in, in some respects, even further along in um, and, and other ways they're 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 behind but but it's great learnings when you go to these different markets and see where they're really strong and where we lag versus where we're really strong and they lag and you can take the best practices and combine it and really get ahead in in each local market based on the information you're grabbing from other geographies
1: and like you said, the worst case scenario if it doesn't work out and you invest in one of these firms you still have the talent and the brains behind it and access to that and maybe recruit them as part of the team. So it seems like a minimal risk with a big ceiling for reward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, with the, whether it's social media and LinkedIn, but it, it, you know, you create these connections and if you can do it in, with real companies, with real people and not just online, you know, you can really create um, lasting relationships and, 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 and help each other out when the, when the time is right.
1: So what do you need more of right now? How can we help you?
0: Well, we're, we're always keen uh, to meet new potential partners and such. Um, and as you mentioned before, we are always on the lookout for, for fintech talent. And so to the extent um, you can help us get the Fleet Corps name out, one of the things that we know is in B2B, um, you know, the Fleet Corps name is just not very well known it's because we're not a go-to-market brand. And so I appreciate this opportunity to speak with you, Lee, because I want more and more people in Atlanta and the fintech community to know that Fleet Corps is a publicly traded $20 billion company. Um, We're here to stay. We're here to play and and looking forward to creating new relationships with with, with local talent and, and, and companies.
1: And if somebody wanted to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website?
0: You can find us at f l e e t c o r. dot
1: Good stuff. Well, Charles, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thanks, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. And remember, this work could not be done without the support of our sponsor, OnPay. Please support them so we can continue to share these important stories.
0: Today's episode of Atlanta Business Radio is brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com.